The reading is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 29 to 42. Jesus, the Lamb of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptise with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning round, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. This is the word of the Lord. Let's turn our hearts to prayer for a moment as we begin, uh, as we look to reflect on those words. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible, that we have the Bible, written word, the scriptures. And thank you that your word is alive to us. Lord, we pray that you'll make it real through your Holy Spirit this morning, that we might hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll start us with a question. Simple question. Where is the eye located? Where is the eye located? Seems like a simple enough question. What would you say? Supposing I answered that for you, and I said, between the H and the J. That's not what you were thinking. Yes. You might have said, 
on, on your forehead, probably. Okay, I've got your attention now. But I'll, I'll leave the letter I, and I'll talk a bit about the eyes that you were thinking of, these eyes. Yeah? One of the themes that we can think we can find in this passage is the theme of seeing, of seeing. Our eyes, our eyes are really important to us. And I think we'll all agree that. Eyes enable us to have sight, and sight is a vital way in which we make sense of the world, the way we connect with the world around us. We are heavily reliant on our eyes to make sense of things. Um, the eyes are just one of the physical senses. We have at least five physical senses. You may think there are more than that. But there's five well-known senses. There's sight, hearing, there's taste, touch, and there is smell. Five senses we have. But more than most other creatures, humans rely on sight as, as, as the dominant sense uh, for encountering things and the world. Sight is important for alerting the mind of what's going on around us and also for gaining all sorts of information, for learning, for the ability to negotiate surroundings, for entertainment, for safety, for self-preservation, etc., etc. It's been said that 80% of what we perceive comes through the sense of sight, 80%. Now, sight and vision are, can be thought of as different faculties of our being. Sight is physical. It's a sensory experience in which light impulses are registered in the eye. Signals are then sent to the brain to be converted into images. There are those of you who are medics here who would know better than me. A vision is how the mind interprets those images. Sight may allow a person to see an image. Vision helps a person understand and interpret the image or the event. The two are very important in our everyday lives. They will normally work together harmoniously as well as with all the other senses. Now, what does this have to do with our reading? Well, not just our reading. Jesus spoke a lot about seeing. Listen to Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, 23, where he taught specifically about our eyes. Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then light within you is darkness, how great that darkness. The words of Jesus. Jesus. But Jesus is referring to more than just 2020 vision, to the average normal eyesight. And in our passage today, we see uh, a testimony of John the Baptist as he encounters Jesus. As I've already said, this one of the themes in the passage is of seeing. So let's review the passage um, in the from the next slide. I've squeezed everything into one slide, and that might be a bit small for some of you, but the idea is just so that we can see some of the highlighted bits which 
emphasize parts that relate to seeing, to seeing. It begins, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him. John saw Jesus. John's eyes fell upon Jesus. His gaze rested upon him. And he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In verse 31, John explains his reason for baptizing with water. It is so that Jesus might be revealed to Israel. When something is revealed, it is made visible. It becomes possible to see it. John was saying that his baptism was a kind of eye-opener, allowing people the opportunity to see who Jesus really is after they have repented of sin. Remember, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. So he goes, he goes on with his testimony, verse 32. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down on is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen, verse 34, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Already John is is telling not just what he has seen, but what he has understood about what he beholds. He's explaining his vision and his conclusion. His vision is, is spoken so that others may see it. And so this Jesus that he sees is not just a man. He says, this Jesus is the Lamb of God. That's his vision. This Jesus is the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. God's chosen one. I have seen and I testify this is God's chosen one. You may have heard people say, seeing is believing. Have you heard that said? Seeing is believing. Even in the days of Jesus, the Jews thought so. On one occasion, the Jews asked him, because they wanted to believe him to be what they claimed to be. So they asked him later on in his ministry, what sign will you give us so that we may see and believe you? What sign will you give us so that we may see and believe you? You know, seeing, in a sense, was believing for them. What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And if you recall the passage, Jesus responds by saying, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. So that's seeing is believing. But in our reading today, we can also say, say believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. In the next slide, I have some references to that. Seeing is believing. John beheld Jesus with his eyes and registered Jesus' presence. He understood and gained a vision. God, through the Holy Spirit, gave him an understanding that this truth This was the truth about the man he was seeing. Like John, like other Jews, John had an expectation of a coming Messiah. He was looking at Jesus not just with his natural eyes, but with eyes of faith, with eyes of belief. 
And so the the way he, his his uh, his his approach to Jesus was is in in another fashion put put to us by um, Paul. Paul says, puts it this way in Second Corinthians five seven. In a, in a famous passage, he says, "We walk by faith, not by sight." You call that passage of Paul? We walk by faith, not by sight. Of course, we use sight to walk, but he's referring to another sense of seeing. We walk by faith, not by sight. And this is what John the Baptist is applying. It is our faith that allows us to have that vision of the things of God and the things of his kingdom. The theme of seeing and believing continues even in, in this passage, in verse 35, which I think I... Um, no, just leave the slide there, that's fine. John was saying, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look the Lamb of God. And then the disciples get in on the act in verse 37. They, they heard John speak and they followed Jesus. They heard. This time they heard John speak. Remember, seeing is but one of the senses, which all work, works together with all the others. We've, we may also learn about God through hearing the words of others. The disciples heard John speak. They followed Jesus. And so Jesus then turns. They're following Jesus now. And he turns and asks them, what do you want? The disciples say to Jesus, they want to know where he's staying. And so he says to them, Come and see. Come and you will see. And so they did. And we are told they went and saw where he was staying. And they remained with him that day. And you get the feeling that 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 part is the most important. They spent the day with him. It's, It's all about seeing and understanding and understanding who Jesus is and what he has come to do. What, he has, what it means for me, what it means for you in our situations. Jesus, Jesus didn't come to give a general formula about the kingdom. His message of salvation is a personal one. And that's where the spending time with him comes in. Jesus says to everyone, what are you looking for? And when we disclose what it is we're looking for, he says, come and see. Come and see. Come and see who Jesus is, what he means for you, what it means for you today, what he means for you tomorrow, what it means for you always. Come and see. And when we come to him, when we dare to spend some time with him, he ministers to us and we experience his blessing through faith. John, John the Baptist pointed those two disciples to Jesus. And we read at the end of our passage, one of the two, Andrew, did the same. Remember what it says he did? Something happened to Andrew after he spent time with Jesus. Remember they've gone? They came, they saw, they spent time with Jesus, and something's happened to him. And he goes off and he finds his brother, Simon Peter. And he brought him to Jesus. He did the same. Verse 41 tells us the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother. We have found the Messiah. 
and he brought him to Jesus. And guess what? There's a pattern for us. If we are believers, we are to do the same. Simply pointing others to Jesus. And when they ask why, we can simply tell them, as Jesus did, come and see. Come and see. There are lots of people who are yet to see, to see Jesus. To see him and to have the opportunity to discover for themselves what seeing him really means. The opportunity to add faith to the senses that they have, the sense of sight, the sense of hearing, all the other ways of understanding. Jesus offers a sense to add faith, the sense of faith, to know who he is. God has given us that opportunity. There are people everywhere who haven't had, who haven't found that, who haven't found what they're looking for. Remember, that's one of the first things Jesus Jesus asks us when we come to him. What are you looking for? What is it that you want? People all over the world have hearts that are thirsty and looking for fulfillment, inner fulfillment. Just as Jesus did with those two, we could ask anyone the question, what do you want? What are you looking for? And we will find that perhaps the person is hungry for something, something inside. Inner healing, a reassurance, perhaps justice, perhaps a change from emptiness in their lives, perhaps from just a, a, a desire to know why things are not right in the world. And we all know things are not right in the world. People want to know, and people want to experience feelings of love, joy, peace. There is an emptiness. There is a, there's a thirst and hunger all around us. The passage gives us a simple answer for every kind of seeker that you will ever encounter. A simple answer is, come and see, and then point them to Jesus. Come and see. In Jesus Christ himself, God is revealed. In this passage, we see him as the Lamb of God, one who bears the sin of the world. If we believe, we have received his forgiveness by grace. And the Holy Spirit is a, a deposit, securing a place in, our, in his kingdom. The gospel writer at the end of the gospel, um, I think I had that on the last slide. He wrote in the last chapter of, second last chapter of the gospel, his purpose for writing the gospel. He says that it's so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. And we can get to know and see this through eyes of faith. John 1.12 says, But to all who received him who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. We may not see Jesus with the physical eyes that we have today. Nevertheless, everyone has been allowed to see him, to allow him into their vision. Through his word, we discover that Jesus can set us free from bondage to sin. Through his Holy Spirit, we can see and we can discover 
Him who gives us power to overcome weakness. Through his amazing grace, we can see. We can see love. We can see forgiveness. Forgiveness that we don't deserve. Through his cross, we can see. We can see a place to bring our heavy burdens. All the things that are weighing down on us. Through his blood, we can see. We can see peace restored through his balm, a healing balm of his blood. Through his example, again and again, we can see his plans, his purposes for us. The whole Bible is a literally, it literally an exa- is, is a way of seeing through faith God's revelation. In closing, I'll just say... Uh, I'll share a quote from George Muller, the, the evangelist. He says, faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. Faith deals in the realm of the impossible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. Jesus would have us to keep coming to him to come and see, and then to spread the word to others. What are you looking for? Those impossible things in our lives. Come and see. Come and see. And so for us who are here, be encouraged that you are already coming to him. Be encouraged. But let's pray that God would encourage us to regularly come to him, to see us and to be bold and, and saying to him what it is that we are looking for, being open to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight, verses 30 to 30 says, Jesus says, Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And so as we come to him, let us pray that he will open us up to the many opportunities he he brings our way, where we can simply point people to him. Just like Andrew the patron saint of our church, Andrew, who simply said, come and see, just like Jesus. May we be found faithful. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you offered us Jesus and that Jesus comes to us. He comes to us. And he desires to meet with us in our situation, in every situation. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage us to come to you and come to see through eyes of faith what you would reveal about our situation today, where we are today, and what we hope for tomorrow, and all the things that concern us. Help us to come to you and help us to share what we already already know with others, that they may come to see you and come to know you. For your sake and for your kingdom, we pray. 
Amen.